Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5000. Enjoy! Bitcoin, Litecoin, OneCoin, and Ethercoin are leading the new currency evolution, and businesses like yours are reaping the rewards. Businesses worldwide are beginning to accept Bitcoin to eliminate the hassles and transaction fees of banking and payroll services. Bank fees, holds on your money, and hassles with payroll companies can be a thing of the past. With the new currency, you are the bank. Join us today with Amazon best-selling author Tom McMurrin and learn how you can use the latest in digital currency to eliminate all the fees and how you can reward your employees in currency that actually appreciates in value. Open your business to the new currency community and the future of payments. And now we invite you to join Amazon best-selling author Tom McMurray, along with your host, Rich Casanova, and get connected with the future of payments. From the kids to Aunt Sue, keep your whole family connected on all their devices with crowd-pleasing gig-speed internet from Xfinity. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Learn more about gig-speed internet or other popular plans. With Xfinity, you'll enjoy faster downloads and a better streaming experience. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and are not guaranteed. All right, you have tuned in to the new Currency Show. Rich Casson over here, and uh, we have quite a lineup. We have a lot of content to cover in just a, a brief amount of time, so we're going to jump right into it. Uh, Tom, uh, you've got the headlines locked and loaded, ready to go. And man, there's some big news you're going to be uh, uh, sharing with our audience here today. Yes or yes? It has been a crazy two weeks. <laughs> right? uh, we missed uh, last week, but yeah, uh, yeah the and last... You've been, you've been traveling. Actually, let folks know what project you've been working on. Yeah, yeah. No, it's exciting. We've uh, we've got a, a new TV show on Grant Cardone TV's network uh, wow. called The Coin Profit. Yep. You can go to thecoinprofit.com and we're going to be in, interviewing just in, industry people from yeah. Bitcoin and Ethereum and just really helping translate this computer techie knowledge. Right. Uh, Craig and I went to an Ethereum conference the other day with uh-huh. Taylor Gearing. He was speaking with Ethereum, one of the right. core developers. We, I think we understood maybe 30% of it. <laughs> right, right. I mean, it was like it was like speaking Martian. I was like, okay, so I got to take this and I got to get businesses to understand it. And that's, that's really, I think, what this show is about, is taking something like the internet in 91 and email and... Helping people understand 
how it works. I mean, you're kind of the Rosetta Stone for Bitcoin, <laughs> right? <laughs> that, yeah, that's funny. You translate yeah, it and exactly. put it in uh, in layman's terms that's that everybody right. can understand yeah. and uh, connect the dots. Yeah, for ninety nine ninety five, <laughs> right. we'll throw exactly. in uh, an extra set of Ginsu <laughs> right. knives too. But yeah, no, that's fun. Yeah, so uh, a couple big things, uh, lots of big things happening. Um, uh, we'll talk about uh, a little bit about Satoshi being found or maybe not. Right. And uh, uh, but I think the one of the big things that the the Bitcoin community is kind of ignoring. Um, we know OneCoin's got 1.9 million members around the world. They're creating a lot of awareness for digital currency. And they made a huge move uh, last week. And on May 3rd, they started accepting Bitcoin for their educational packages. And this is a company that's doing $200 million a week in a revenue. Week. Yeah, I mean, they're on target to do $4 billion. Uh, you know, I know Bitcoin's cool and all that, yeah. but AOL's here, <laughs> and it's called OneCoin. Right. It's you know, it's like CompuServe and MindSpring was cool, right. and everybody was digging it, and it had a bunch of groupies around it. But AOL came along, and all the groupies hated AOL because they thought it was cheesy and it was ugly, and they you know, you got mail. That whole stuff <laughs> yeah, just yeah. like. But you know, it's funny um, when you have 1.9 million people, even 10 percent of them start using Bitcoin to buy these educational packages. The actual buying and selling volume of Bitcoin could probably double. Wow! Uh, which, for if you're an investor like me, you're sitting there going, "Okay, <laughs> maybe it's time to put some Bitcoin in the portfolio as well." But uh, and certainly time for for OneCoin because it's going to increase their sales. Uh, they, they've had a, a a big challenge with banks around the world because they do so much volume. They can't take Visa, Mastercard. They can't because they do so much volume. Right. And it just doesn't work for them. So they've had to do a lot of bank wires, which has been a real challenge for them. Now you could go to a site like if Craig wanted to go buy um, an educational package with one coin and mine their coins, he could go to localbitcoins.com, go to a cafe and meet somebody and buy some bitcoins and actually go buy a package without using a bank. And so I think what OneCoin has done is they've taken the next huge step of being going away from banks right. and do bankless banking, which is really what this is all about is, is how can I get music without having to go to a tower records? That's the disruption that's underway. And a lot of people don't realize it, but it is phenomenal. It's exciting. Like you said, it's not just another step in uh, the revolution, but the evolution of um, the Bitcoin or the coin industry, the cryptocurrency industry. But with one coin and that announcement, that's another step towards that direction. And and, and there's another article I didn't, I selected this one over another article, but there was a company in Australia that flex, I can't, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, I apologize. I'll bring it on next week, but there's a big vendor in Australia that decided to, they have 4,000 stores and they started to take Bitcoin as well. Right. So that's that's phenomenal. But uh, next headline up, uh, we know that the uh, CFTC, uh, Commodities Future Trade Commission, last year in September deemed uh, Bitcoin and digital currencies a commodity, which was really kind of negative. Some people say, wow, well, they what they've done is they've legitimized it. Right. But they created a pretty harsh tax structure for digital currency in the United States, which definitely is i mean you don't want to be taxed you know 20 to 35% on the growth of your money on your money right. okay so that that makes it that that's a negative and so they really should have done what the internet did and that is make it tax free sit back watch it grow but the problem is i think the government sees it as a, a vicious animal that they can't control and they might be right well, much like uh, revenue transactions going on the internet, they just they that caught them off guard. They weren't prepared for that that mm-hmm. technology, and behind the eight ball, there's no way to kind of 
um, reverse, rewind, and... Well, the internet was different because there is reporting. The businesses have to report their okay, income, okay. and there's ways of tracking it all. And, of course, they had mail law and telecom-type laws uh, to be able to track the, the legal structure of the internet. They really don't have any legal structure right. in place except for, like, the money, money transmitting licenses and stuff, which is really inefficient. That's like telling everybody that wants to use Bitcoin, which is highly efficient, you need to get a check casher's license. It's like, right. come on, what? <laughs> you know, that's like check cashing is like, you know, that's, that's part of the old generation yeah that's I mean, dead you don't have to have a license to, to yeah. uh, transfer paper money so yeah so so anyway um the cftc some former cft official comes out and tells barack obama that he should heed the call on bitcoin and open it up and i gotta say i think trump already has heeded the call of bitcoin because he's out there doing trump coin and right. we'll talk we'll talk about that in a minute but he uh this this uh director really just says, uh, we did it with the internet, we need to do it now with virtual currencies like Bitcoin. The rest of the world's doing it. Right. I mean, the dollar is going to fall so far behind if the rest of the world picks up digital currency. And I think it's a pretty good call. I mean, this guy, Christopher Giancarlo, um, talks about that. I mean, he spoke at the Consensus 2016 conference, which is a huge conference. So he was in front of a lot of credibility credible people when he said you should heed the call barack right, and, right. <laughs> um, maybe uh, barack will just create an executive order and just say okay <laughs> s- screw it let's you know make it happen, yeah. let's make it happen you know we don't need congress uh he has a, he has a track record of doing, he has a track before, record yeah. of doing that of course all presidents do yeah, yeah but um the next article uh, swiss town accepts bitcoin for public services and this one caught my attention because this is one of those towns that's very Bitcoin-centric okay. and very friendly. And uh, Zappo, which moved out of North Carolina because they passed legislation that if you do digital currency in North Carolina, you have to have a money transmitter license. Right, right. Well, North Carolina is the banking capital of the world. Of course they're going to pass that license. <laughs> and uh, it's it's kind of like handing somebody a Model T and says, here, you have to compete in this race, you know. Right. You know, with all these modern cars, here's a license you have to compete with. You know, oh, yeah. it's just ridiculous. But um, Zug, uh, which would be a really cool place to live. Where do you live? I live in Zug. <laughs> right, yeah. You know. You're a Zugonian? Yeah, or? I'm a Zugonian. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But uh, the Zappo, uh, we mentioned that the, um, the CEO of that company has recently joined, joined the board of PayPal. PayPal mm. just keeps coming in the conversation. They We're going to talk do. about them in a minute, but... yeah. But here, um, they talk about how some, like, uh, uh, there was a, 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 New Hampshire tried to pass laws where they would accept Bitcoin for public services, and they said uh, it probably will be unlikely to pass in their future. However, a high number of politicians accepting Bitcoin for electoral, uh, electoral, electoral, electoral campaigns. <laughs> um, need more coffee. That, that should change that. But uh, Trump coin is a great example of that, Trump started taking yeah. Trump coin, created his own crypto right. on the Ethereum network, which, by the way, will be next week's topic. Okay. Uh, we'll be talking about a little Ethereum. teaser for that. Yeah, if I can remember 2% of what Taylor Gearing <laughs> said about, uh, no, it would be good. We'll talk about Ether and Way and gas and all that stuff. Nice. People are like, what? <laughs> you know, so we're, that's what we were like, what? Yeah, if, what's, what what's Way? Before you tune uh, into the show, grab a pot of coffee. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, and the dictionary won't help you on this one because what we're talking about means totally different. And we're really re- rewriting terminology, right? So here's something interesting. Peter Thiel, founder of PayPal, has been selected to be one of Donald Trump's financial advisors. Well, PayPal has 180 million people around the world that use its service. It obviously has infrastructure. Remember we talked about in one of the radio shows how if you can create a river, 
Um, PayPal can create a river for a digital currency. PayPal could come out with the AmeriCoin yeah. for the U.S. government, and he could privatize the, uh, well, I mean, the U.S. currency is already privatized right. with the Federal Reserve, but he could create a competitor right. to the Federal Reserve, which we're a capitalistic country, right? Yeah. Shouldn't should the Federal be, yeah. Reserve have competition? Right, yeah. Last no, time I checked, they were a monopoly. Or at the very least to augment that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we had a we, we don't need a, a monopoly. Maybe we need two currencies that people can choose from and say if this one works better and makes me wealthier. Well, we have two political parties. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah. I don't people know how like well that's working. <laughs> right. But uh, Peter Thiel, uh, I think, is very interesting. Uh, maybe PayPal, uh, you know, might be, you know, in the game for a competing currency to the Federal Reserve note. Who knows? And I think it was the inaugural episode. I said that first, by the way. You I did. was probably the only one courage enough and, to say and, it. And they were on that Super Bowl commercial, the very first show. Yeah, PayPal you know what? Comes yeah, full yeah. Uh, Google that. PayPal, the new money. A yeah. commercial Super Bowl commercial. It, it's 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 an exciting commercial. So anyway, let's get to a, yeah. ro- a rogue <laughs> article here. Um, <laughs> cryptocurrency could end taxation. Hmm. Why the advent of Bitcoin and blockchain technologies made government taxation obsolete, given how difficult cryptocurrency can be identified and traced. So, um, you know, they, at the root of taxation, it's really compliance based. I mean, the IRS walks around with a big stick and says, pay your taxes, we're gonna throw you in jail. Um, some people say, well, maybe we ought to go to a consumption tax. Right. Well, that creates uh, underground markets. You know, so there's always a problem with a business model, and maybe just over you know uh, the time of the U.S. government, they've deemed that you know having a big stick is better than doing you know consumption tax. Right. I don't know, but uh, it's interesting. This guy, even though it's a rogue article, he makes a lot of great comments in there, and you can't really argue with really what he says. Um, but he says that the advent of blockchain technology. Um, it, it further complicates the tax collection because of it's anonymous. I mean, you can, you can see the transactions, but you can't necessarily see who's sending them. And there are certainly companies you can employ a VPN, a virtual private network to make it even harder to track coin mixing services. Um, dash has a, a dark send feature where you can actually say, I don't want somebody to know. It's kind of like sending a PGP or hush mail, okay. uh, where you can say, I want this to be encrypted so no, somebody doesn't know I sent it. Right. Um, and certainly that will encourage illegal activity and stuff. Hey, the U.S. dollar is used for more legal activity than just about any currency in the world, okay? So currencies are going to be used to finance things that are evil. For, for good and evil. And for, yeah, yeah. But more for good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, and, and I think any currency you have is going to have that challenge. But um, he says cryptocurrency may evolve beyond the legal definitions of currency, which I thought was interesting. And one of the comments in this article um, is he called us like a gifting economy. Yeah, talk to me about that. Well, when you think about it, currency really doesn't have an underlying asset. No currency does. Right. Okay, so if I say here's a twenty dollar bill, all I'm doing is gifting you a piece of paper with right. a perceived value of twenty on it, um, when in fact it should be about a dollar forty. The twenty dollar bill, well, the dollar bills were seven cents right now. Right. So if if we really reprinted all the dollar bills, they should say point oh seven on them, right. and a twenty. What I say, I saw a great post the other day. We should we should just make the twenty nineteen ninety nine and put Prince on it instead of Tubman. I thought that was funny. Right, you know, or, probably get hate mail for that one. No, but um, so you know, at the end of the day, he says uh, cryptocurrency. We may see the end of taxation. I doubt that. There will probably be a war before that happens. 
<laughs> well, wherever there's currency, there's going to be some way to tax it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some capacity. Yeah, yeah. Gar- some some country is well, going to show up and have a Tea Party uh, battle, and um, if they can't tax you, somebody's going to be fighting over it. Well, whether it's uh, uh, democracy <laughs> or uh, social so, socialism society, yeah. services have to be paid for from some resource, right? Yeah, it's not going to yeah. be called the Boston Tea Party. It's going to be called the Bitcoin Tea Party. Is what it's going to be called. Um, anyway, here's big news: uh, Japan is is looking at regulating a Bitcoin as a currency. Really? So the Asians are all over this thing, man. I, I really think they get the mathematical aspect of it. And I, and I was making a presentation the other day. I was saying that. Digital currency, blockchain-based technology currencies are very investor-friendly. Why? Because they're transparent, because they're finite, and you know they increase in value. Right. And, and that's really and, and they're liquid. Uh, they're digital. They're instant liquidity. So. Uh, you know, it's not like a, a company stock where you got to pay all the fees right, to transfer right. stock and all that. It's very inexpensive to do transactions. That'd probably be a fourth element. That transactional cost is very low. And when you think about it from an investor standpoint, if you're going to invest in something, you want it to be finite, right? Right. right. You want it to be transparent, right? Right. You want it to be low in fees. Yes. Check. Yeah. Check. Check, check, check. <laughs> Those three alone say, you know, hey, where do I put my money? And, fees, and you we, want liquidity. And fees, we talked about it before, can be as low as four cents. Oh, um, scalable too. Okay, yeah. Digital currency time, yeah. scalable, whereas paper money in, in typically. A, yeah, you can only uh, distribute so much of it. Well, and that's distributional, finite. Yeah. But scalable, scalable means that uh, I could expand my company to Norway with a click of a button, right, right. not have to go there and print paper and that's change saying, the language yeah. and all of that. Yeah. So it has really. I'm gonna have to change my PowerPoint. That's five elements. Yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> just okay. added the fifth element. Big topic of the day, and I think we're gonna have a chance to get to the Don Tapscott stuff. We've got a, a, a cool. some cool stuff, but um, now we're moving to Australia. This is Bitcoin around the world well, in 30 Jim, minutes or yeah, less. Let me see if Jim, we did it in 15 minutes. That was amazing. <laughs> I didn't think we'd get through it that fast, uh, and and I don't think the Craig Wright story is gonna take us that long either. But right. um, anyway, at the end of the day, what are governments most concerned about? They're concerned about KYC, who's sending and receiving the money, know your customer, and they're concerned about anti-money laundering statutes, uh, AML as they call it. So in this space, you're going to hear the acronyms AML and KYC a lot, and that's really what they stand for. But uh, at the end of the day, Japan has not decided anything yet. But as I tell you, if the government can figure out how to tax it and track it, they're going to allow. They should allow it to flourish. Right, right. But because of the nature of the design of the blockchain, it's difficult to track and tax because of the way it's structured. So um, the big stick may be their only methodology to <laughs> right. to get the uh, tax money collected on it. But you know that was the issue we talked about with the internet right. early on. Is like, well, how do you tax it? Exactly. You know? And they didn't. They just said we're not going to tax it. Right. Internet transactions have been tax free for a long time until recently. The state started taxing them. So. Who is Craig Wright? Here we go. Drum roll, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we know who Craig Williams is. <laughs> he could be yeah, Satoshi Nakamoto. The initials are the same. Yeah, yeah, um, right, exactly. A little suspicious here. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, we just met an interesting guy in, in, in the place, in, in the studio. Oh, yeah, that, uh, Got one of the first emails from Satoshi, which right. I thought was interesting. I'd like to go back and have him get a, car, a copy of that. I don't think he wants to, but right, yeah. Uh, yeah, from that talk. But it, it's interesting. Um, so they raid this guy's house in Australia. 
and they're, they've been on the hunt for, you know, where, who's Waldo, you know, right, forever. Right, yeah, right. And uh, so Craig Wright is outed as the guy that's supposedly Satoshi Nakamoto. He looks nothing like a Satoshi Nakamoto, <laughs> right, right, yeah. okay? And I doubt that's the guy's real name anyway. But you look at what's going on. Uh, first, he's outed. Uh, they put so much pressure on him. He comes out and says he's Satoshi, okay? Right. And but there's the smoking gun is missing. Yeah. The the transaction that he did between a guy named Finney, uh, Finney's dead. Okay, so this is like a John Grisham oh, novel going on here. Exactly, yeah. I'm Satoshi, <laughs> right, yeah. but I can't prove it because the guy I sent it to is dead. And I want to know how the guy died. I mean, did he like fall off a cliff yeah, or is just, it something suspicious? Yeah, or yeah. did he die at a McDonald's choke on a French fry? I don't know. It sounds you know? like that Tom Hanks movie. What was that? Um the uh um The Firm? No. no. Um, I'll think of it in a minute here. Yeah, we're getting a little older, so yeah. it might take more in a minute. <laughs> right. But Hal Finney's dead. He can't prove it. Um, and and then all of a sudden, Gavin Andreessen and John Matonis, who are kind of the heads of the Bitcoin Foundation, Gavin steps out and says, it's probably him. I'm pretty sure it's him. It's him. Really? For him and, to say that? Um, and John Matonis doesn't back down. He says, yeah, probably is too. And the whole Bitcoin community just ostracizes these guys. Yeah. Uh. Because there was no empirical evidence that he actually is. He, pr- he did not provide, Im- I mean, absolute evidence. He provided relative evidence that he might be pretty darn close. But in, certain- in a court of law, they couldn't have convicted him because he doesn't have the smoking gun. Right. Um, so I, I think, um, you know, it's uh, Gavin or John Matona says, it's my firm belief that Craig Wright satisfies all three categories. Wow. You know, and then all of a sudden... Um, you know, he comes out. So there are all these reports come out. I'm looking at Guardian, and I try and follow, you know, sources where they have really good investigative reporters. And right. Guardian does. I like the Guardian. And um, <laughs> so I, I love uh, uh, Andreas Antonopoulos comes out and goes, who cares? Right. You know, he's created. If it is him, the guy's rich. I mean, he's got a million bitcoins, according to uh, the, I guess, the blockchain, whoever Satoshi is, whoever holds the initial ones, has a right. million bitcoins at $450 each. So the guy's worth a half a billion bucks, whoever he is. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, but I thought it was interesting to see this Craig Wright had to, he, he just, he had to resign from like 15 companies he was on. He shut down his LinkedIn page. I mean, he's under so much threat right, right, right. now. Um, I, I don't know if he knew, you know, what was going on, but uh, yeah. I, I like what Andreas says. It doesn't really matter because the software's running on all these nodes around the world now. He can't reverse it. Right. He can't unlock it. It's fully encrypted. You know, who cares? Um, Bitcoin, uh, and then bl- Bitcoin blocks out Gavin Andreessen, which is a darn shame because I mean the guy's passionate about Bitcoin and as far as being able to work on the algorithm. Uh, and then all of a sudden, twist, Craig uh, Wright <laughs> U-turns on pledge to provide evidence that he invented Bitcoin. <laughs> That's part three of the saga, and uh, part four uh, will follow up sometime else, or it'll probably just get buried in the news, but. Um, at the end of the day, Craig Wright said, I can only say I'm sorry and goodbye. And that's going to be the end of the movie line. Right, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry and goodbye. Until the sequel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, pretty pretty amazing stuff going on there. And, and I think, uh, you know, when you look at, say, the AOLs, what I call the second movers in the space. Right. Like OneCoin, they they are they are getting into the AML and KYC aspect of it. They are centralized. You know, there's they're centralized where you have one server that connects everything. Right. Uh, so you can envision this one server with lots of lines going off of it. There's decentralized where you have 
lots of servers co-located around the world serving lots of people. So you have those uh, things spinning off of each of those servers. And then you have decentralized where there's no server. It's everybody's servers working together. And if you want to know, if you want to know more about decentralized, Harvard has got a great diagram online. So if you look up Harvard diagram of decentralized networks, there's an image that talks about that. And, and, And I saw it the other day and I actually put it in one of my slide presentations because it really answers a lot of questions as to why digital currency works. If I send money to Craig, it could be your computer that verifies it. It could be somebody's computer in Norway that verifies it. But um, speaking of decentralization and blockchain supporters, uh, I've been in touch with Don Tapscott. And I read one of Don's early on books. He wrote the first best-selling book on the internet. Don't really? ask me the name of it right now because I can't. It's like the I can't. I can't even think of the name. But of not it. just on. Maybe this Craig subject, will look it up. What was it? What was Don Tapscott's first best-selling book? I should know this, but I was up till four a.m. last night making <laughs> videos for a new project I'm launching. But um, anyway, that didn't sound good, did it? But uh, as far as um, Don Tapscott, yeah. But so first best-selling book online. of the internet, really. Yeah. Wow. Of the internet. He wrote the first best-selling book, I think, in, in I want to say it's late 80s or something like that is when it came out. And what's his perspective on the industry now? Or his, oh, uh, he, he says it's the single most important technology that's been invented in our lifetime. And I, and I look at my friends that, I mean, they're out chasing, flipping real estate and doing all this stuff. And, and the single most important technology that's ever hit planet Earth in our lifetime and the opportunities. It's kind of like I ran around telling everybody about the internet until I was blue in the face, right. you know, in, in the, you know, in the, the early, early 2000s, early 19, you know, 1990s. Um, this is just one of those things where I, I, I can't sleep. You know, I look at what's going on in this blockchain technology and the currencies that are being created. There's, there's going to be hundreds of currencies. And I know, I know probably. Uh, about an eighty percent chance of which ones to put my money in to know that I'm gonna get massive returns. Right. And um, so, well, what's interesting? You talk about the evolution of technology, and there's a lot of amazing. Um, we're living in a very unique time and space right now. There are, um, but no matter what the product, whatever the service is that comes onto the marketplace, it all has to be driven by a currency. Yeah, right. And that's um, the ripple effect of that across all continents. You know, you can have the greatest widget in the U.S. or North America or service or Uber. You know, we reference Uber a lot. Yeah, yeah. But um, they have limitations. You know, there's not Uber in some of these third world countries. And, but the currency has to exist in some shape or form uh, that drives all of this, whatever your widget is. Bringing up Uber, let's take a listen to Don's. Uh, he had a special on, and I want to talk about um, the, uh, that's him. Yeah. The, uh, he talks about Uber in it, but he was on NPR in a little three-minute uh, excerpt. I'd like you to hear about what he has to say, and hopefully we'll get him landed for an interview here in the near future because he's got a brand-new book coming out about the blockchain. All right. Uh, and uh, we'll talk about that in just a minute. So let's check it out now. Let's just do it. More about blockchain, the technology behind Bitcoin. Don Tapscott is a management professor at the University of Toronto and co-author of a new book on blockchain. He says it is the greatest innovation in computer science in years, a vast digital ledger that can be shared by everyone. On it, there's not just information, but anything of value. Money, titles, deeds can be stored and moved and managed securely and privately. And this is achieved through some clever code and through mass collaboration. 
Give us a real-world example of how blockchain might or already has improved the world. Well, Annalie Domingo is a Filipino housekeeper and nanny in Toronto. She gets her paycheck. She goes to the Filipino mall where there's a Western Union office, and she sends her remittances to her mom in Manila. And this takes her about five hours a month. She gets charged 10 11%. Six months ago, Annalie Domingo started using a tool called Abra, and she types in $200 and her mom's ID, and the money is transferred in a millisecond. The fees are a quarter of a percent. Now, where was her $200 before it was transmitted to the Philippines? It's on her mobile phone. And she got it there by going to a Bitcoin teller or to a, a bank or on the Internet. And this has now changed her world a lot. I understand the incentive to pay a much smaller commission for a transfer than you have to pay now. On the other hand, I was trying to think and reading a little bit about this, whether I really mistrust my bank that much, apart from issues of cost. Do we need this if we feel fairly confident about the bank we use? Well, overall, these intermediaries do a pretty good job, but there are limitations. They all take a fee, but there are other problems. They capture our data. And here we have this biggest asset from the digital age, data, but we create it, but we don't get to keep it. And it's not just that we can't monetize it, but this data is often used to undermine our privacy. Does somebody own blockchain? How, how would you describe that? No, it, it's open source. First of all, there are many blockchains. The Bitcoin blockchain is the biggest. Uh, there's one called Ethereum that uses a currency called Ether. And I was in London recently, and I was speaking to the Ethereum developers group. Ethereum has a whole suite of software development tools. And in that room where people creating companies to replace the stock market, to replace the audit function of corporations, to build a whole new model of identity so that we can each own our own identity rather than governments, big social media companies, and others. There was a company creating an alternative to Uber, and most of what Uber does can be replaced by what are called smart agents and smart contracts on a blockchain, and the drivers get all of the value. This technology is the single most important technology of our time because it enables us to collaborate together in the world as peers, and through that, maybe we can create a, a new kind of environment for the better. Well, Don Tapscott, thanks for talking with us about it uh, today. My pleasure. Uh, Don Tapscott is the author, along with Alex Tapscott, of Blockchain Revolution, How the Technology Behind Bitcoin is Changing Money, Business, and the World. So digital, the digital economy was the name of his book. It was written 20 years ago. And uh, Wikinomics is another book that he wrote that I recommend. It was, it was, it was written about the, uh, the mass collaboration. So he's, he's written a book about the Internet. He's written a book about mass collaboration. And now he's written a book about the blockchain that he's launching. I think it launched today or sometime this week. Wow. But uh, he's putting his book out there. So he's got all three topics that are relevant to the blockchain. And so I, uh, Don, follow DonTapscott.com if you want to learn more. He's one of my mentors in the space and look forward to hopefully interviewing him in the near future. So, but do you hear that? There, oh, yeah. there, he was at a conference where there were people right. on there building apps to displace the stock market, Uber, 
I mean, Uber's got a 70, and there's people on there thinking they can displace Uber yeah. already. Wow. So that's how powerful the technology just, is. Just mind-boggling. Yeah. We just have about a minute or less uh, left here, so some uh, announcements. Give us um, what's going on. You have some uh, local events here, as yeah. well as um, the next topic. May 26th, uh, we've got a um, luncheon at the Buckhead Capital Grill, and you can find us at newcurrencylunch.com. Um, definitely get subscribed to us on uh, thecoinprofit.com for the Grant Cardone TV show. Uh, be listening out for that and some big interviews on there. And um, so as far as our Facebook groups that uh, you can go to, like Atlanta, New Currency. You can go to Indianapolis, New Currency. We're creating these local groups. Okay. So you can type in just about any city or state name and hopefully find one of our groups where you can go in and get more information and connect with people that are meeting about the New Currency. And finally, what's the next episode topic uh, to kind of as our cliffhanger before we go into the next episode? It is Ethereum. We're going to talk about Ethereum, which is the second generation, really, of Bitcoin. It's, a, it's another coin, and uh, we're going to be talking about smart contracts, and we're going to be talking about a lot of cool stuff. Ethereum's a, a, an awesome platform that has this crowd sale function on it where people can actually launch currencies and do almost crowdfunding opportunities. But Ethereum is definitely uh, the next generation of Bitcoin, and it's very exciting. We'll tune into that uh, on next episode of The New Currency Show. Thank you for joining Amazon best-selling author Tom McMurrin and your host Rich Casanova, along with their guests on this episode of The New Currency Show. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes as they delve into the future of payments. And be sure to check out www.coinlifestyle.org for show updates and as a listener of the show, a free ebook and more. So head over to www.coinlifestyle.org and join us next time on The New Currency Show. From the kids to Aunt Sue. Keep your whole family connected on all their devices with crowd-pleasing gig-speed internet from Xfinity. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit today. Restrictions apply. Actual speed vary and not guaranteed. This is no ordinary sub shop. This is Firehouse Subs. Welcome to Firehouse! Tired of overpriced lunches that under-deliver on flavor? Head to Firehouse Subs, where for a limited time, you can get a $4.99 choice sub. Choose from a medium smoked turkey, Virginia honey ham, or roast beef. They're custom-made hot subs at a price ready-made to make you smile. Just $4.99, only at Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs, save more lives. Participating locations plus tax limited time offer prices may vary for delivery.